Hey, everybody. It's a Psalm session. Welcome. My name is Miles, and joining me over there on Zoom, it's my good buddy. It's July. It's Brent. It's summer. Hey. July. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were like saying your name. I'm like, did you just rename yourself? Are no, you no. I know. No, I'm a July guy. I'm a July guy. You are a July guy because tomorrow is your birthday. Hold on. I got, I have a, I can do this noise. This is all I've got. All aboard the birthday train. (laughs) (laughs) I've had this uh, wooden train whistle for probably 15 years, and this might be the first time I've ever used it. I love it. I feel honored. All aboard the birthday train. I feel feel honored. Happy birthday. Thanks. Thanks so much. This time last year, uh, Sass Jordan was wishing you a happy birthday. Yeah. I apologize. I'm not her. Um, You just got to settle for me. That's okay. I'll take it any day of the week. Sorry. Um, well, hey, look, uh, we are th- 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 we're we're getting into an exciting time, and that's because normal is coming. Normal. I'm so excited for normal. We, uh, I believe, both you and I have our two doses of vaccine, and uh, the world is beginning to reopen. Yeah, it's true. I, I say it cautiously because uh, cautious optimism. Um, I feel like. We're turning that last corner and it's, I know, I know, but uh, yeah, double vaxxed uh, indications are pretty good. And I think um, we're all just dying for a sense of normal, right? Oh, we are all dying to return to live. And that's exactly what the sound of music is doing. We have announced uh, a weekend, some kind of weekend featuring the vaudevillian and 5440 born ruffians and Tokyo police club that's gonna be a great weekend that is august uh 28 and 29 yeah i gotta tell you every time i i think about it i have a weird kind of a feeling because i mean we've been busy we've been active we've been doing all kinds of things to keep sound and music out there but you know the one thing we haven't done is really truly been able to present a a proper show with a live audience and people and cheering and it's uh it's 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 a bit surreal but it's cool we got a good weekend yeah no you're absolutely right like we've done some live streams and they you know they they've been really good i've i've thoroughly enjoyed them but it's strange you know like the two that we did at uh the burlington performing arts center like just being there and there's no audience and watching the band play for nobody like it was kind of cool in that it felt like you know i was getting a private walk off the earth and monster truck show but yeah, there the energy of the audience just wasn't there to add to it. So I'm pretty excited for the August long weekend. I'm 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 excited for like everything. You you must be like counting down to the Cabo Wabo at this point, right? Like it's it's gotta be there. Yeah, I've got a little countdown. We we usually start in around about October every year because we, you know, typically go in February sometime. And so that countdown for me traditionally starts, it's, you know, about a hundred days or thereabouts and a little chalkboard and every day, 99, 98. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, I've started it now and it's, it's about, I don't know, 215 days or something like that. And I, I feel bad, yeah. like I'm wishing my life away, but at the same time, I'm, you know, kind of longing and anticipating something that oh yeah feels no like i'm, do, I'm doing the same thing i've actually i've got it right here on my phone it's right there 202 days 18 hours and we are trying mexico for the first time this might be like your influence slowly creeping in you go mexico for the first time back. we are going to bail on our beloved dominican republic and try out uh mexico 
which I'm, I'm actually, I am excited. I, as you know, I have a little bit of a secret love for the pirate life and Tulum, of course, was this like hotbed of pirates back in the day. And I know that, you know, real pirates and, and Johnny Depp are two very different things. And, uh, the real pirates were not that great of people and made some pretty poor decisions in life. But, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I, I just want to drink rum in Tulum. Like, to me, that's like living a pirate bucket list fantasy. I just want to wear a pirate hat and drink rum in Tulum. That's like a bucket list. Well, it, hey, it's finally going to come true. And uh, I, I think you're you're going to love Mexico. You'll you'll be a convert. There's some great history there. The weather's it's awesome. Better than a convict. Let's, well, you know, I'll let's uh, keep things out of jail for sure. Do you know the other thing that I really want to find when I'm in Mexico? Not the jail. Um, Don't would, find the jail love, when you're in Mexico. No. Do not find the jail. No. I, I would love to find an ocean pearl. And I would love to tell everybody, I've got an ocean pearl. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Our segues are the worst. <laughs> oh, that one. That one, that one almost gave me whiplash. It was so bad. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome our guests onto the show and see what they're doing as they get back to normal. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is a multi-golden platinum recording artist, Canadian Hall of Fame inductees, eight-time Juno Award nominees. They have brought us such amazing hits as Ocean Pearl, I Go Blind, One Day in Your Life, Sheila, and so many more over 14 amazing albums they are celebrating 40 years as canadian rock icons and they will be gracing our psalm stage august 29th please welcome founding member of 5440 brad Merritt. brad how are you i'm good thank you very That's much that was hear. a great introduction yeah <laughs> yeah well thank you thanks for joining us so i've, I've got to ask like right out of the gate like how does it feel to finally be getting back on the road like you're, you can play oh. again and with an audience like how does that feel it's, it's, uh, crazy. Um, <laughs> it's, it, well, it's exciting. Um, it, and it's, it, 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 it's interesting how, you know, we're kind of a juggernaut, you know, just, it's been going on for so long and, you know, have a, a direction and a way of doing things. And now we've got to sort of crank it all up again. And, uh, it's, uh, that process is proving to be, uh, interesting and somewhat difficult, but, uh, we're enjoying it tremendously. We look forward to playing live again. We've got, I don't know, something like 15 shows between now and the end of the year. Wow. And, uh, and we got stuff booked all through next year as well. So we're, we're, we're going to keep this thing going. Yeah. Well, and so you guys have been at this for 40 years as 5440. Uh, by my count, you're, you're up to about 14 studio albums, countless singles, international success. Like, how does it feel to be celebrating 40 years of 5440? <clears throat> well, I, I don't really think about it that much, actually, Miles. But, uh, but uh, since you asked me, um, it, it, I think there's some satisfaction in that. I think um, you know we we're, we're certainly you know proud of of our history and what we've been able to achieve uh, and our body of work. Uh, but we don't dwell on it. And can you know something we decided very early on is we just wanted to keep things going, right? And that's it's like it's it's its own reward right so um we really at this point you know in our career we 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 tend to really value uh what it is that we do it's it's not a grind we're not careering anymore uh it's there's no make or break shows you know uh um 
And so we, we really celebrate sort of getting together and playing music and being with our fans and having this uh, community. Let's uh, jump right into a specific uh, album here, if we can, for a second, Brad. And I'm talking about Smiling Buddha Cabaret. So this album takes its name from uh, a club in Vancouver. Uh, the Left Coast is home for you guys. Do you have uh, a particular memory that sticks out if you think about playing there or in your early club days and uh kind of a second part to that is if you had to pick a favorite venue that you've played in canada what would what would it be what stands out <laughs> well okay so let's, let's do the first part first <clears throat> um so yeah the record the record is certainly detached from the venue uh like our last show at smothered cabaret would have been probably in 1982 sometime um, played there probably, you know, eight or 10 times. Um, <clears throat> the first show we ever played was December 31st, 1980. And we actually did a three night stand. Um, so <clears throat> and the reason why we were able to get the New Year's show there is because the whole sort of punk rock new wave community had kind of moved over to this hall show for, for New Year's Eve. And they were looking to fill it. So we got in there. And uh, we only had, I think, eight songs that we could play. And uh, so we did three sets. We played eight songs and then took a, you know, whatever, a half hour break, played the same eight songs. And then by the time the third set came along, you know, people had had a few drinks and people wandered off the street and a few other people, whatever. And it's like, hey, I know this song. I really like this song. So <laughs> because we'd played it three times. <laughs> and I think... I think I think we made uh, a little over a hundred dollars, can't remember the exact number. And I think it took us about two years to make the same kind of money again. So um, that was great. And then so by the next night, <clears throat> the whole punk rock community descends on the Smuggle Moody Cabaret because that's kind of where that uh, was the hangout place. So you know they kind of let us play our first set, right? And then after that, they kind of take over and uh you know get up there this what was called fuck bands in the day which is basically punk rock guys that um just had learned all these covers and they come together various band members from various bands and, and play together and uh it was a really neat thing to be part of not that we were kind of welcomed at that point but it was a it was a nice introduction yeah tough <laughs> tough to top that i'm gonna see how you answer yeah, yeah. part two because that's a pretty cool story <laughs> I, I've got more at the Smilewood Cabaret. I mean, one more quick one was um, we had a, I guess it was a, a one night stand. We were starting to get a little notoriety and it was in the summer or spring, I guess, because it would be Neil's birthday. Uh, so yeah, was, so that's April 30th. So, but it, the weather seemed like summer. And so, and he's there with his girlfriend. Oh, I'll play the show, but it's my birthday. And so we get up there and we start playing and there's 40 people. And then someone's kind of roughing somebody up in, in the audience in front of us. And my friend Randy gets in there and and starts pushing this guy's like you got to get out of here and then the fists start flying and then neil just bolts out the back door and that's the last i saw of him so <laughs> i was about three three songs in it's like okay well that's the end of that set needless to say we didn't make a hundred dollars that night uh, so uh so that's 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 the end of part one uh uh and we can talk about some other cabaret the record later but uh, uh that venue I'm glad it was there and I'm glad I'm too, it's too bad that it's gone. It ser certainly served its purpose and it was a iconic place. Um, but it's not the, the best venue we ever played. I, for me, you know, I like this, the spectrum in Montreal. Uh, that's mm -hmm. the great venue. 
but my favorite is the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver, which oh, we played yeah. r- roughly 60 times. Uh, we've got three nights booked there in October this year. And uh, that's my favorite venue to not only play, but also to see a band in. So, so that's my answer to part two. To part two. I love it. So I, I want to ask you the, uh, it's, it's a bit of a overdone question, but you've been at this for 40 years. If you could go back to 1981 and talk to Brad Merritt, what would you be telling him now? Well, so I don't think anyone's ever uh, asked me that, but I've heard Neil oh. answer this question. So I'll start with that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Neil said, he said, well, I would, I would tell him to, uh, relax, you know, not, not be so intense and, and enjoy it more. Oh, that's, um, a, that's a really good answer. Enjoy yeah. No. And I, I think, yeah. So he, 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 he definitely felt it right. And he lived it and it was, he, we were both very serious in the early days. I mean, I think he had to be, uh, yeah. if you were going to sort of move forward. Right. So. We took it very seriously. Uh, what would I say? I would say uh, <laughs> uh, I, I really don't know. I don't. I don't think I would say that to, to me. I would say um, I would say probably appreciate uh, the the people around you. Uh, you you don't know how much longer they're going to be around or in your life. Uh, yeah. And try to absorb things more, um, appreciate things and absorb things more. I like it. So, so follow-up question, and this is the, uh, I'm always curious to see how artists are going to answer this one. What if 1981 Brad Merritt came to 2021? What do you think he would say to you after looking at everything that you've just done over the last 40 years and the person you are now versus then? So these are really tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm curious. So, like, like, do you do you think that 1981 Brad Merritt is going to hang out with 2021 Brad Merritt? Do you guys think you'd hit it off? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did how did you and Neil yeah. originally even come to be? Like, how did you guys meet and start this whole thing? Yeah, it'd be 19. I'm going to say January of 1977. Grade 11. Uh, so you come back from Christmas holidays and uh, new guy kind of joins the jumps into the class. And uh, this looks like a real character. He, he came from Edmonton. And so uh, he was just absolutely the whitest person I've ever seen in my entire life. He was <laughs> pasty Northern Canadian. And uh, uh, he had these jeans, you know, which uh, in the day in the seventies that were kind of, uh, you know, faded, but they had to like kind of paint stains, looked like he was like a, a painter or an artist, uh, all over them. And he, um, it looked like he just, uh, didn't care. And he seems somewhat irreverent and somewhat in his own world. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm drawn to weird people. And, uh, so he's right up there in that category. So, you know, I made a point to start to, to get to know him. And of course, I, you know, he did a good job of ingratiating himself with other people too. So it's, he, you know, he had friends, but, uh, you know, we got fairly close over the course of the rest of that school year and, and the summer. And by next year, uh, we were, uh, in a couple classes together and, you know, I ended up going over to his house and we'd 
play music, you know, uh, listen to music, listen to a lot of his brothers, uh, older brothers, 45 still kicking around, you know, um, you know, everything, Paul Revere and the Raiders and, and, nice. uh, uh, yeah, the animals and the kinks and, you know, uh, you know, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And, uh, so if we've, uh, we had kind of music in common. He was a theater guy, very much involved in theater. And, uh, so, and then it, we had a, another mutual friend and we kind of hung out together. We took a trip to California together after we graduated high school and, uh, and then we went, let's start a band. But actually he went off to school, uh, that September to Berkeley college of music. And so we just kept in touch and they came back and started a band with his brother, which was kind of short lived. And then kind of in the fall of 80, um, we got together and then, uh, we got a, we went through a, a few drummers and then, um, been going ever since. Nice. Miles mentioned, yeah. um, a few of the, the the big hits and very recognizable songs. I've I've got a a couple of questions to hit you with as as we uh, as we carry on the conversation here. The first one is, um, I go blind. So I go blind. Um, many know was uh, covered by Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever shared the stage with them. Uh, my question is: Is there an artist uh, that you would like to play with that you have never had the chance to? Someone you've always sort of thought it'd be awesome to share the stage with them or collaborate on some music with them. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, so that's, uh, the more complicated answer is, um, you know, I, we, I've exceeded, we've exceeded our expectations in that department, right? It's either they've opened for us or we've opened for them. You know, uh, we've opened for John Fogarty, We've opened for the Rolling Stones. Um, you know, we've had the Tragically Hip open for us. You know, we've had Concrete Blonde open for us. We've had the Bare Naked Ladies open for us. You know, um, so uh, and all the Vancouver bands. Um, you know, I actually really wanted to. My ambition when this band first started out was I just want to open the show at the Commodore for the subhumans. That's all I wanted to do or the young Canadians. Right. So, uh, which are like my two favorite Canadian or well, Canadian or Vancouver band. So, so, you know, that never happened, but we played with, you know, uh, the young Canadians and uh, other places. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, it's been great. I mean, I, I just, I, there's no one. Do you, do you find that, uh, sorry, Brad, do, do you find that, you know, looking back at 1986 album, 5440, jumping ahead to 2018, keep on walking. Like has your process for writing music and recording music, has it changed much over those 40 years or are you guys still very grounded in that, that original album? So, uh, both actually, I mean, there's mm. only, there was only one way to write, uh, you know, when, we started out, which was, uh, we didn't really know what we we're doing. And we just kind of, we listened very hard to each other, which I think is the, one of the keys to success and creativity rather than just like putting your head down and doing your thing. So, and, uh, I, I knew that it was, it was, it suited my personality, but also it, it, uh, it made it easier for those to play around me if I could, you know, do a one bar or two bar or four bar pattern and then let things build up on that. So 
the sound became this kind of foundation thing. And then we'd be listening and then I would record it. I had a little pioneer ghetto blaster, which I kept on top of my bass rig that recorded, had two stereo condenser mics and I'd just go like that. And we'd record all these things. <laughs> and then if we got something, it sounded like, that's kind of cool. You know, it's a little different. So, uh, and then we would listen to it and then we'd sort of build that up. And then Neil would start, uh, you know, he'd take his part and my part and listen to that. And then he would start to sing into a microphone. So it'd be the rough little melody, melodic ideas, but also words that came into his mind. So it was kind of almost stream of consciousness, very organic way of creating. And then he would go home and work on a little bit. He would take that tape, listen to it, you know, uh, build up the words, uh, maybe another little melody thing. And then we'd come back and we'd finish it together kind of thing. And that was almost all of the way we did things. Uh, and then, cool. then, then Neil said, I'm going to write songs. He literally would come and say, here's a song, you know, come up with your part. <laughs> and so that, so that was a different thing, uh, which required a different set of skills and a different approach. And, uh, so he did that. So, so albums became kind of a mix of those two ways of doing things. And then, uh, or, you know, they could be a combination. It's not like it's pure one way or the other, but. And then now it's kind of gone back to the, to the original way, mostly because, you know, if Neil wants to do something on his own, he can do that on his own. But when he feels like doing stuff with us, that it becomes more an us thing and sort of reverse back to the way we always did things, except that we're at a kind of a different level. So <laughs> in every respect, so that's the creative process as it's evolved as, as Brad Barrett sees it. That's cool. That's very cool. I, I like that a lot. I like to talk. I like to talk uh, about myself in the third person. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I did ask you, you know, if Brad Merritt would like Brad Merritt, so I think we're all on yeah. the same page. It's That's okay. Very yeah. true. <laughs> you know, when 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 Wayne Gretzky's on the ice, didn't, didn't he talk about himself in the third person? I, I think you're right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're Brad Merritt, dude. You can do whatever the hell you want. You on this whatever show. You want. You're okay <laughs> with that. Okay. So, okay. You uh, you opened up um, an, an interesting little thought here when you were talking about having the ghetto blaster on the bass stack and you know recording capturing some some things in the moment to sort of come back and look at um this has been a question that i've uh enjoyed asking a number of artists that we've interviewed on the show over the course of the last year or so so uh you sort of opened the door and i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna ask this one of of you as well um when you think about writing and producing music and playing live um how do those come together for you? Is is uh, playing live a means to get creative ideas to write music, or are you writing music for uh, the the express purpose of being able to go on the road and play live? And in other words, is is one a means to another for you as a band, yeah. or how do they kind of coexist? Yeah, so well, it's they're not mutually exclusive. It is both. You know, it's like a, that's like the chicken and the egg kind of thing. I mean. We, we always uh, approach the whole creative thing as we're going to please ourselves. There was no means to an end. It wasn't like we're trying to create something. And then, you know, so it was really about satisfying sort of the artistic side of us. You know, it was, a, it was expression, right? And it was, you sublimate your personal ego into this band you put your energy in it and then hopefully, uh, you know, 
the the uh, whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? And that's and that's and that's and we we're process oriented. We love that process. That's the that was our favorite thing to do, right? So was to get together and woodshed and come up with these songs. And it's like you know, these little eureka moments, and it's like it's fantastic. And then building and you know, and then then it became okay. Well, now we're going to record these things, which we pretty much started right away making these indie records. And then it came to the point where it's like, okay, well, you know, now that we're able to put records out, it's like, it's time to get together and write music and put a record out. So, but that, that didn't change the way we approached things or the way we went about our business. We never wrote to please somebody else or to write a hit single or any of that kind of stuff. We are, uh, we are running out of time, but I, I have one last question for you. So August 29th, we will have 5440 gracing the sound of music stage in Burlington what uh, what can we expect from this show? Having fifty four forty back on the road, what do we have to look forward to, Brad? Yeah, that's another tough question. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed uh, to just give so, a canned answer of, "Oh, it's going to be amazing, high energy. We're so excited. <laughs> Burlington's great. Sound of music." Well, Look, look, so, so, well, you're right. I mean, that's if if it was the normal sound of music, that's exactly what I would yeah, do because we've done right. it. I've done it two, maybe three times, and yep, it's yep. it's a joy. It's an absolute joy to play there in the oh, summer, and yeah, it's I really, really love the whole thing and uh, love the location. It's just absolutely fantastic. The crowd's very enthusiastic. It's the production value is there. But my understanding is it's going to be a scaled down thing and it's going to be two shows and it's going to be like a hybrid show. And so <laughs> I, the real answer, Miles, is I don't know. I don't oh, I like that. But if you, you, you can't, you can't know unless you go there to find out for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and, and folks can get tickets at soundofmusic.ca. I, I think you're right. I don't think anybody really knows what to expect of these shows like going forward from here, not just 5440, but a lot of the shows that are going on. Uh, but I, I honestly, like I, we've been so starved uh, for live music that I, I think, you know, you could go out there and, and play a jug and some spoons and everyone would just be thrilled. So, you know, there's, uh, there's no downside to have you up on that stage that's for sure and we sure do appreciate having you guys come all the way out here to ontario and uh, we appreciate having you on the show today brad thank you so much for your time yeah it's been my pleasure i've really enjoyed it guys and, and uh i look forward to the show too awesome well we will see you in uh, august good sir we have been chatting with brad Merritt, founding member of 5440 they of course will be playing burlington august 29th at some kind of weekend uh with the vaudevillian as support Thank you again, Brad. We will send you back out into the world now. Enjoy your day, and uh, we'll see you next month. Well, there we go, chatting with Brad Merritt of 5440. Uh, uh, you know, like, he... <laughs> I don't know where to start. Like, I, I'm always amazed um, when we have artists like that. Like, they... 5440 has, you know, not only grown... Uh, but they've, or I should say, they haven't only endured, but they've grown, like, as a band over the last 40 years. They... They still have, when you look at 5440 being the, their first album, 1986, 5440, and then you look at 2018, Keep On Walking, and you know you listen to Keep On Walking, and you're like, yeah, this is the 5440 that I know and love, but it's like an evolved version. And But I just, I love that Brad sits there and is just like, yeah, you know, we're, we're just a band that made it. You know, he's not, there, there's, there was no arrogance in that guy at all. You know what I mean? Like just super humble about who they are and where they are. Meanwhile, like they're national treasures, folks. Come on. It's 54 friggin' 40. Like 
Yeah. He was a cool dude. I enjoyed yeah, that totally. very per- much. Personable guy, real easy to, uh, to, to chat with kind of fun hearing some of those, uh, stories from back in the, in the, in the old, uh, club days in Vancouver there. And I think, you know, to, to your point, uh, the longevity of a band like that. I mean, they have a new single that they just released called Embassy Supreme. And yeah, same deal. You listen to that instantly, you know who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, really nice guy. Uh, what you folks didn't get to hear is as soon as the cameras were no longer rolling, Brad propositioned Brent cause he would like the sound of music shirt Brent is wearing. <laughs> We will so, graciously, you know, hook that's, him up. Uh, but I, I was going to say, I think that's just the celebrity status that you hold, Brent. That's, uh, if you, if you guys want to see something pretty spectacular, you jump on eBay and you look up Brent's signature, it, uh, you can't even find it on there. That's how hard it is to get Brent's signature. You can't even find it on the internet. It's crazy. That's true. I'm a legend in my own mind. all right folks well that is all the time that we have if you want to see some legends head on over to soundofmusic.ca pick up some tickets for some kind of weekend august uh, 28 and 29 august 28 being uh, the born ruffians and tokyo police club and the sunday the 29th being 5440 with the vaudevillian uh we're so excited to have these guys on our stage to have them back on our stage i should say thank you all so much for listening please like share post do all the things that the internet likes you to do so that people keep hearing us tell these super duper stories my name is miles joining me over there in front of the uh i almost said led zeppelin the van halen red and white wall is mr hey it's brent over here mr birthday boy brent uh happy birthday to you brent thank you everybody for watching or listening and uh, we'll see you all again real soon take care (laughs) 